Welcome to the first installment of the Lose It podcast, your raw and unfiltered weekly guide through the transformative journey of weight loss. Whether you're thinking about losing weight, losing weight now, or bathing in the success of your results, this podcast is tailor-made just for you. I'm your host, Nick Jopo, and I assure you I am no stranger to the harsh realities of weight loss, having shed over 100 pounds and maintained my results for five years years. From the essentials of exercise and nutrition to the intricacies of dating and intimacy. From handling social situations to mastering your relationship with food. Everything you've ever wanted to know about how to lose weight all in one place. Welcome to episode one, my 100 pound story. Growing up, I was always a fat kid. I was active, but, but I was fat and I played sports, baseball, basketball, soccer, but definitely the bench warmer, didn't play a lot of minutes, and was never the first round pick by any means for anything athletic. And my parents divorced when I was very young, so I spent most of my life in a single parent household. And nutrition was not a primary focus in our household. And it's not something that my family had any real experience with or or knowledge about. So we ate out a lot. And some of those go-to meals for me were McDonald's cinnamon rolls for breakfast, lots of Panda Express, lots of Taco Bell, lots of Chinese buffets, lots of Golden Corral, anything that was high quantity. I loved anything that was really high quantity. By the time I got into 8th or ninth grade, I started playing video games, like every single waking minute that I was not in school, to the point where by the time I'm 15 years old, I'm starting to get really addicted and I'm starting to understand what it actually means to be good at something. I'd never been good at something before. And for the first time in my life, I'm not just good at something. I'm the best at something. I had never met anyone that was on my level in these specific games that I was playing. And that was the best feeling in the world. I had never felt so good about anything. So I went full-blown nerd, joined a competitive gaming team where we had practice every night at 7 o'clock that would sometimes go until midnight seven days a week. And every single waking minute, it was my complete obsession. And I'd gained some weight in high school and then slimmed out a bit when I had a growth spurt. And I graduated high school at probably probably 190 pounds, six foot tall, but no muscle mass at all, just kind of a, a chubby guy. By the time that I started college, I decided I wanted to have the real college experience, which would involve me quitting video games entirely. I knew that there was no way at that point in my life that I could have any balance with this. So I sold my computer and I went off to college to have the college experience. I had never drank or partied in high school. I never had a girlfriend in high school. And those are the things that I wanted to do and the experience that I wanted to have. So I went off first week in school, realized I've never not known what to do with my free time because my whole life, any free time I ever had, I was just on the computer gaming. And I also realized that I have unlimited access to a cafeteria, which is basically just a glorified buffet. Whenever the hell I want, as much food as I can possibly eat any time of the day. And you mix that with 
my already unhealthy relationship with food and lack of knowledge about nutrition, this was a real recipe for disaster. So I started college at 18, about 190 pounds, and started eating at the cafeteria three, four times a day. And my go-to meal was going to the salad bar, getting no lettuce, and just filling a bowl with deep-fried chicken strips and covering it in ranch, cheddar cheese, croutons, goldfish, and saltine crackers, and then mixing that all up into a hodgepodge of deep-fried carbs and just mouthing it down pounds at a time. Oh, that actually sounds pretty good right now. So over the course of my first school year, I gained probably 40 pounds. And by the time the school year was over, I went home for summer and I thought my college experience would just be so much better if I was not fat. So what I need to do this summer is find a way to not be fat anymore. So for the first time in my life, I created a real exercise regimen where I just played a lot of basketball. I lifted weights a little bit and I underate drastically. At this point in my life, I still know nothing about nutrition, but I understand that if you eat less, you lose weight. So I underate drastically and I overexercised drastically and I lost like 40 pounds, 40 or 50 pounds that summer. It was in the best shape of my life. I experienced uh, what it was like to see slimness in my face for the first time and I loved it. So I went back to school and uh, my sophomore year, I'm 19. First time in my life, I've got girls looking at me. So I went off, got a girlfriend, like second or third week of the school year and started going back to the cafeteria and eating the same shit all over again and not being active and being really comfortable with all these things going on in my life. And within four months, I mean, by the time Christmas hit, I had gained all the way back plus some, maybe 50 pounds in the first four months. And uh, that cycle repeated itself for all five years of college until I was 23 years old. And in addition to this unhealthy relationship with food and exercise, I'm also drinking alcohol in excess every weekend, 10 drinks every Friday, Saturday, minimum 20 drinks a week for all of college. And by the time I was 23 years old, I had gained and lost anywhere from 40 to 60 pounds every year for all of college. And I graduated in May of 2018, 240 or so pounds. And I didn't have a summer to lose it. So I went to work for a recruiting agency and I was working 60 hours a week in a cubicle environment, just cold calling all day, trying to find people to work in a warehouse for $7.25 per hour. And this job sucked the soul out of me. So much so, I didn't know how to handle it. So what I did a couple months in was I bought a computer and I went back to playing video games. And in the 12 months following my college graduation, I averaged 60 hours a week at work and I played 2,081 hours of video games in that year, which is one hour more than a full-time job. So I played 40 hours per week, almost exactly, of video games. So I'm 100 hours a week given to those two things. And I've also got a girlfriend. You can imagine I wasn't the best partner to her. She's unhappy for obvious reasons. Says that she wants to move to Portland, Oregon. We were living in Spokane, Washington at the time. And I said, why would we do that? Our friends and our jobs are here. And she said she really wanted to. And I said, well, I really don't want to. So she decided we were going to take a break to give her some space to figure out what she was going to do. 
And the most fucked up part of the story here is when she said she wanted to take a break, my first thought was, great, now I can just have more time to play my video games and not feel bad about it. And I'm 23, 24 years old thinking this. So we take this couple week break and I go into work a few days later, 7.15 in the morning. And I sit down in my cubicle. And for the first time in my life, I have a real true moment of presence where I just looked around and I saw misery everywhere. I saw people that were out of shape. I saw people that didn't want to be there. I saw people with no passion. I saw people that hated their own lives. And I just realized that that is who I was and that's who I will always be if I keep going in this direction. At this point, I'm 274 pounds and I started feeling my heart beating in my eyeballs. Never felt anything like that before. And I got really lightheaded, started having some chest pain. Then I laid down on the floor and took my shirt off because it was so tight that I couldn't breathe anymore. And I started yelling that I was having a heart attack at 24 years old. So my boss comes over and he's trying to calm me down. And after a couple minutes, I realized I was not having a heart attack, but I needed to take a day off of work. So I left and I went to the doctor. I got a same day doctor's appointment and I go see my doctor and he says, well, sounds like you might have anxiety. Do you feel anxious? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know what that means. And he said, yeah, you definitely have anxiety. Yeah, let me give you this prescription. And the prescription was Xanax. And I'll never forget what it says on this label. It says, take twice daily as needed for anxiety. Now you tell me, 274 pound fat man who works a job that he hates, plays video games every waking moment outside of work, has a failing relationship with his girlfriend, no meaningful friendships in life, no direction or no conception of the future, no plan, no physical activity outside of walking up and down the staircase, and a really unhealthy relationship with food. How often do you think that guy feels anxiety? So I go home that night and I take one. And I order some Red Robin or whatever I had on DoorDash that night or Uber Eats. And I wake up the next morning with food everywhere. I'm completely covered in food, drool all over my shirt, all over the pillow. And I thought, well, I'm definitely not going to work today. I'm actually feeling a little bit of that anxiety. So I took another Xanax and I called into work. And then later that afternoon, I'm playing video games, but I'm feeling a little bit of anxiety. So I took another Xanax and I crashed again. I woke up the next morning and I called into work again. And I went to take a Xanax and I'm looking at myself in the mirror, gut all hanging out of the bottom of my shirt just complete disgust in myself, complete disappointment. And for the first time in my life, I thought, if I don't change right now, I'm not sure I ever will. I'd never felt this before. This was the first time in my life I ever really felt like permanent change needs to happen. And it was the first time in my life when I ever had a really clear vision of what I did not want for my own future. And I took the pills and I flushed them down the toilet. 
threw the bottle away in the trash can and I went into work and I quit. I quit and I got a job in Portland, Oregon of all places. So I called my girlfriend and said, I'm moving to Portland. And she says, that's great. I'll see you when I get there. Looking forward to seeing you. We're going to figure this out. And I'm thinking, oh, that's great. Everything works out in the end, right? So I moved to this city where I didn't know anybody. And I'm living with random roommates from Craigslist. And two weeks after I get there, my girlfriend at the time posts on Facebook and says that she's moving to Boise, Idaho. Never told me. She just posted on Facebook about it. Oh, I was mad. I was really mad. This is the most anger I think I had ever felt up until that point in my life. And I told myself, well, the only path forward is to get in shape. Whether you're mad or sad or happy, it doesn't matter. You still got to get in better shape. You can't be fat anymore. So I committed to losing 75 pounds in six months. And I did it by walking. I woke up in the morning and I walked and I went to work. And during my lunch break, I walked and after work, I walked some more until I ate dinner. And then I walked after dinner until I went to bed every single day for six months. On the weekends, I walked through the city or I walked and hiked through the forest. It was constant activity, 30,000 plus steps every single day for six months, never stopped. And I made it a point to not talk to anyone. I made it a point to have no friends there. I didn't want to meet anybody. I was high and bye to my coworkers. I was high and bye to my roommates most of the time. I wanted no negative influence in my life at all. I need to know that I can do this for myself. And I don't want anyone to be reinforcing old habits. I don't want to be looking at someone who I used to go drink and party with. I don't want to be talking to people that I used to go eat shitty food with. I want to be alone. And I want to become the person that I'm going to be. And then I'll come back and see how these relationships are afterwards. So that's what I did. And six months later, I lost 76 pounds. So I had achieved my goal and I was under 200 pounds for the first time in a really long time. And I felt phenomenal. I felt so phenomenal for achieving my goal that I went out and started partying and I spent a month out meeting people, starting to date in this new city. I'm feeling like I'm one of the most badass guys ever. I'm going up to people talking about how I just lost all this weight. Like it was some kind of fucking token that I carried on my chest. Bragging to everyone about this great achievement. Oh, you ever met anybody that lost as much weight as me? It was a real... I was the weight loss guy. I was the guy that just lost 75 pounds. Have you ever met someone that just lost 75 pounds? And that was my attitude. And I started making friends. And I started gaining weight back. I'm not working out anymore. I'm not walking anymore. I'm eating more food than I was before. I'm old habits are back. I hit my goal. A month later, I maybe I've gained another 10 or 15 pounds back. And I'm just thinking, what the fuck am I going to do? What am I going to do? I can't do this every year for my whole life. And I'm scrolling through Instagram. And I saw something about this podcast with this, this guy named David Goggins. And he's talking about his book. I was like, oh, maybe I should read this book about this guy that lost a lot of weight and might be able to learn something. And his book is called Can't Hurt Me. So I go and read this book about this guy who loses 100 pounds, goes on to become a Navy SEAL, and is now the, one of the most decorated ultra-distance runners in the world. And I read this whole book in one day. And when I'm done reading it, I'm thinking, 
This is the most bullshit story I have ever heard in my entire life. I actually laughed. I was like, this is not, not a real story. That's not possible. And if it isn't, he was definitely on steroids or had some kind of weight loss surgery or something. There's just no way that this is real the way that it was told. So I go to bed that night and wake up the next morning and get ready to go to work. And I just couldn't help but think, what if the story was real? So I started researching David Goggins extensively and fact-checked everything that he said. And for the first time in my life, I was inspired. I had never felt inspired one time in my entire life up until I read this book. Every fit person I ever saw before I read this book was, oh, that guy's on steroids, or oh, that guy lives in the gym, or oh, that guy only eats chicken, rice, and broccoli, or oh, that guy's got great genetics. It was never about hard work. Every wealthy person I ever saw before reading this book was all family money, all they lucked out in XYZ way, or they had this circumstance that doesn't apply to me and I can never have that. I was a real hater. I hated on everyone. Everyone that had something I didn't have, I had the reason in my head why they had that and why I couldn't achieve it. And for the first time in my life, I saw somebody achieve something that I wanted to do and I didn't hate about it. I was inspired by it. And that day I signed up to run a half marathon in Portland. I'd never ran before, never ran a mile. And I gave myself eight weeks to train. So I trained exclusively on a treadmill. I ran every day on the treadmill and I get to race day. I'm feeling good. I've kind of lost a couple pounds that I gained and I'm feeling athletic again. It's been a while since I felt like I'm, I'm moving well and my legs feel strong and my heart feels strong. I get to the starting line of this race, really excited. The half marathon's 13 miles. I get 10 miles into this run and my foot starts really hurting. But I'm thinking, oh, I didn't come this far just to come this far. And uh, this is my first time I've ever had a goal that wasn't tied to a weight number. So I'm not going to fail. And I need to make sure that I, that I succeed in this goal and I finish this race. And what kind of a story would it be if my fat ass ran a half marathon? So I went on and finished the last three miles and I felt good besides my foot. It turned out that I actually stress fractured my foot at mile 10. I was in a boot for the next five or six weeks. But now I've got a reason to stay not fat. I'm not saying a reason to stay healthy. I've got a reason to stay not fat for the first time. That's not a number. It's an obsession with running. And I started realizing I'm fucking obsessed with running. And I've got five weeks in this boot. But when I come out of this damn boot, I'm going to be running like a bat out of hell. I get out of the boot and I'm just straight into 30 miles a week. For a couple months, I start getting into 40, 50 mile weeks over the course of the next six to 12 months. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm David Goggins 2.0. I mean, there's very few, I'm, I'm telling myself there's few, very few people in the world that, that have ever ran like this. And it's the best I've ever felt. It was the most confident I had ever felt up to that point in my life. I really believed in myself and I really believed in my ability to go out and execute on a physical activity. And it gave me a reason to not gain weight back. It was the first reason I ever had to not gain weight back. So I signed up to run a marathon in March of 2020. And COVID happened. So the marathon was canceled. So I thought, oh, that sucks. I'll just keep running. So I get a few months into summer now in Portland. And I'm still not eating great. I'm maintaining weight because I'm not overeating a ton. But I'm really just over-exercising at this point and still eating shitty food all the time. 
and I went out to Red Robin. I'll never forget this night. I had a chicken sandwich, three sides of fries, and a double appetizer of mozzarella sticks and jalapeno coins, two sides of ranch, a barbecue, and a nacho cheese sauce. And then after I ate all that, I door dashed a large blizzard from Dairy Queen. So overall, about a 6,500 calorie meal. And I wake up the next morning and I'm just thinking, when am I going to run this damn marathon? I don't like Portland's going to be shut down for years because of COVID. How am I ever going to run this race? And I just felt inspired to go out and run my own marathon. So I told my roommate, it's 1130 in the morning when I woke up because I was so food hungover. I go, Hey man, I'm going to go run a marathon. He says, yeah, sure. Where are you going to do that? And I realized that the Under Armour headquarters in Portland has a really nice track. So I'm just going to go run around the track until I get to the marathon distance. Now, marathon's 26.2 miles. A lap around the track is exactly one quarter of a mile. So I got to run 105 laps around the track. So I go out here, drive down to the track a few miles. I've got two gallons of water, a water bottle, a liquid IV, and a protein bar. And that's all I had to run a marathon. It's 95 degrees outside, middle of the day, summer in Portland. And I just start running. I'm 10 miles in, I feel great. 15 miles in, I'm cruising. There's a little porta potty and a water fountain right there. I'm set to go. And no one even knows that I'm out here. There's no one watching me. It's just me by myself, real motivation, real discipline in what I'm doing. I get to mile 18 and there's a little pebble in my shoe. So I sit down for the first time on this bench to take the little pebble out of my shoe. And as soon as I took my shoe off, I realized there is no fucking way that I'm putting this shoe back on. I was in so much pain. My legs were on fire. My feet are on fire. I'm cramping. I can't stand up straight. My posture's all fucked up. My neck is killing me. I'm so dehydrated. My piss is brown. My piss was literally brown. I've never seen this before. And I'm dizzy. Then I started feeling defeat. And I started feeling real defeat in a way that I hadn't felt in a year or more. And it just reminded me of my old self. It reminded me of the guy that gained and lost weight every year for five or six fucking years in a row. And I sat there for five minutes on the bench and I cried. And I cried. And I cried. And I picked up my shoe and I just started walking to the car, just fucking crying. This is my life, man. Almost made it. I was almost the guy that lost a hundred pounds and then ran a fucking marathon. And what a story it would have been. It's too bad that I couldn't do it. And something clicked in me that had never clicked in me before. And then I just stopped. I put the shoe on. I thought about every person that had ever called me fat or treated me different because I was fat. I thought about my dad, who I hadn't talked to in 12 years, I thought when he looks me up, I want him to see that I'm fucking losing all this weight and running marathons without him. I thought about my ex-girlfriend who totally fucked me over and didn't tell me that she wasn't moving to this place. Even though I was in the wrong, I just thought of every negative emotion I had ever felt in my life and found any reason that I could to not quit. And I ran these last eight miles around the track in the most physical pain I had ever felt. The deepest into my mind I have ever gone. The most negative experience 
I had ever felt in my own mind. And I realized during that run, my whole life I've ignored my emotion. My whole life I've drowned out and ignored how I felt. And I've numbed myself with alcohol. I've numbed myself with food. I've numbed myself with video games. And when I'm running, I can't hide anymore. It brings all of these emotions to the surface and you have to deal with them. In the last eight miles of this run, I'm confronting all these things that have happened in the last six, five or six years that I've never confronted. Oh, so emotional. Then I finished this run and I laid down in the middle of the track and I just fucking cried and I felt so much pride and it was the first time in my life I was ever really, truly proud of myself. And it was the first time in my life I had ever successfully converted negative emotion into positive outcome. I took all this negative energy and realized I can't destroy it, but I can channel it and I can use it to accomplish things in my life. And things were never the same. Shortly after that, I had a job offer to move to Des Moines, Iowa, of all places, right in the middle of the country. And I thought, what a great opportunity to reinvent myself again. Because in Portland, I'm still this weight loss guy. Everyone knows me as this guy that just recently lost weight and is riding this high of not being fat anymore. And I thought, if I can move to another city where I don't know anyone within five states... I can just not be the weight loss guy anymore. I can just be Nick. So I moved out to Des Moines. And the year that I spent here is where I developed real confidence in myself. It's where I developed the ability to just go up to somebody and look them in the eyes and shake their hand in a real way and have a meaningful conversation. It's where I developed the confidence to go up and say hi to a beautiful woman on the side of the road. And for the first time ever, I started going, oh, this is who I am. This is who I want to be. And I feel... Great. I feel great. I had some really great running in Iowa. I ran a couple marathons and a 50K, and uh, that was a beautiful experience. I then had a job opportunity to move down to Austin, Texas. Now I'm 27 years old, and I'm researching Austin and realized this is the place to be. Lots of ultra running, entrepreneurial type of people. People that are adventurous are moving there. It's not like Iowa where everybody's leaving and wondering why the hell I moved here. Like Austin, Texas kind of seems like the spot to be. But again, another state where I don't know anyone within five or six states of where I'm at. What a great opportunity. So I moved again down to Austin, Texas. And I decided that I'm going to be a real distance runner. Now at this point... I'm still not eating very great food. I'm not the unhealthiest eater ever, but I'm eating out quite a bit. I'm getting takeout quite a bit. I'm still drinking really heavily on the weekends, maybe seven or eight drinks every Friday and Saturday. So 15, 16 drinks a week. And I'm just not, I, I'm not overeating. I'm eating the right quantity of food. So I'm not gaining weight. I'm fluctuating a little bit based on how many miles I'm running or how much I'm working out. When I moved down to Austin, I told myself I'm going to be a real distance runner. And I'm going to run a 100-mile race. And my passion at the time was to run this 100-mile race and hire a documentary crew that was going to film all of my training and that was going to film the actual execution of the race 
And then I'm going to release a documentary on YouTube. And that's going to be how I tell my story. That will be my legacy. That was my plan. So I signed up for a 50 mile run and I had seven months to train. It was in December. The humidity kicked my ass in a way that my ass has never been kicked before. And I realized I'm running way too many miles for how humid it is. So I cut back on mileage pretty heavily and I ran 100 consecutive 5Ks, my first 100 days in Texas. Now I'm four months out from the race and I started ramping my miles up. The humidity's going down. I'm back up to 40, 45, 50, a little bit more miles every week, every week. Most phenomenal shape I had ever been in. I'm a real runner and I'm a lean, veiny, vascular running and I'm eating a lot of food. I feel great. And I go in for my annual doctor's appointment two weeks before this 50 mile run. I've got friends that are coming to this race that are going to be a part of my crew. I've got all my things laid out, full plan, lodging, everything is already figured out. And I go in for my annual, just something I was crossing off the list. And since I run so much, my doctor said, we should give you an EKG. Now I'm no doctor, but an EKG basically is just testing your electrical pathways in your heart. And since I had trained so much in the six months leading up to that, my heart rate was 37 beats per minute during the EKG. Now, when your heart rate is slower, it makes the waves on your EKG wider, which makes it easier for doctors to see, to see specific diseases. And I was diagnosed with something that I have apparently had my entire life called WPW or Wolf Parkinson's white disease. Now, when he told me this, I didn't believe him because I have no symptoms. And turns out that he was right. And what WPW is, is uh, it's an, elect an extra electrical pathway in your heart. So I had a one in 100 chance for every year of life of going into sudden cardiac arrest that would have been induced from any stressor on the heart. So exercise, alcohol, stress, or anything else that's going to increase your heart rate, I was at risk of sudden death and no one would have known why I died. They would have thought I just had a heart attack. So I was given the option, do I want to go get heart surgery or do I want to go run and take the risk of dying, even though it's low? And if I get the surgery, the most likely outcome is that it will be successful and then I'll be able to live a life doing whatever I want without worrying. The second most likely outcome is that I will develop the symptoms that I never had and that they will not be able to cure my condition. And in my head, I thought, well, I can't be out on a run wondering if I'm just going to fucking die. So we're going to get this surgery. So I got two months on the waiting list to get heart surgery. Race is off. Plans canceled. And I go get this heart surgery. Takes about five or six weeks to recover. I spend a few more weeks easing into walking. And then I'm just right back into running in a way that I never have before with an intensity that I've never felt before for a month. But every time I'm getting to four or five miles into a run, it's just extreme fatigue in the chest in a way that I've never felt before. And I realized that running will never feel the same. Now, the harsh reality of having your heart operated on is that running is probably never going to feel the same. So I sat around and I moped for a couple months. And then I started thinking, well, what's going to be the next thing? There's got to be something that I'm working on. How am I going to keep bettering myself if it's not through running? I need a measurable way of continuing to evolve. 
And I took the opportunity to really educate myself on and dial in my nutrition. So I'm still not eating very great. I'm still out drinking quite a bit, eating some fast food, lots of deep fried foods. And what I started doing was just writing down on a piece of paper, every single thing that I ate and how I felt after I ate it. So I'd write down slice of pizza, stomach hurts. Or I'd write down stir fry with organic grass-fed ground beef and a side of fruit, feeling great and energized. Or I'd write down ice cream, feel lethargic. And I just started eating more of the things that I wrote positively about. And I developed the diet that, that I follow now, which is mostly just made up of organic grass-fed meat, organic fruit, some other dairy products, and that's mostly it. That's 80% of what I eat. Now I'm drinking two to three drinks per week instead of 15 to 20. So my relationship with alcohol is a lot better. My relationship with food is a lot better. I don't count calories anymore the way that I used to. And I don't crave shitty foods anymore. It's been so long since I've eaten a large amount of shitty foods that I don't even think about them. I never lay up and think, oh, I really want some pizza or, oh, I really want some ice cream. That just never crosses my mind. I can go months without eating these foods and, and never think about them one time. And for me, that's how I know that I'm properly fueling my body. I have complete control over my cravings. I mostly don't have any cravings because I'm getting all of the nutrition that my body actually needs in the right quantities for the first time ever. I'm about a year into that and I've never felt so good. I've never felt so good and never had so much energy ever. I recently decided to dedicate my life to sharing my story into helping people understand the relationship between their mind and their body, into helping people understand that when you, when you feel good about yourself, when you really gain respect for yourself in any way, for me, it took losing weight and getting in shape and building self-discipline. But once I had true self-love, once I had true self-respect, once I truly understood the relationship between my mind and my body, and what my mind and my body need to feel good and to operate properly, my whole life changed. My confidence changed. I walk differently. I look people in the eye in a way that I never had before. I make four times more money at work than I made four years ago. Everything is moving in a positive direction because I just took control of my own life, and I'm dedicating my life to helping people understand that they can do the same thing too. You can do the same thing too. If this message resonates with you, please follow me along this journey of podcasting and of releasing content. And if you made it to the end of the podcast, I really appreciate you. And I hope to see you along for the next one.